Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. You are here with the Viking. And the Bourbon Cowboy. And there's not a better episode right now to be talking about the Bourbon Cowboy with the bourbon we're drinking, right? Right. I mean, the original. is it the bourbon cowboy? <laughs> Pretty much is. Yeah, here, I'm fixing my mic. Hopefully it's not, it was kind of drooped down. Oh, we're good. There you go. Yeah, today we, <laughs> we decided we got to be outside because again, here in St. Louis, it's like uh, low 50s, small little breeze, nothing but blue skies. And we're back on the back deck of my house. I don't know what we finally the called Aquatic it. Aqua Ranch. Ranch. Agua Ranch, that's what it was, I think. I think we were running with Agua Ranch. Yeah, but we're out here in the back outside. We got a little bit of chill music in the background. And uh, I was able to get a hold of, and I've had the original John Wayne bourbon, the Duke. And uh, bought two other ones that have come out, which is the Founders Reserve, and then the um, this one. It just says, I think, "I think this took over for basically the the yeah, face I think bottle that's like to be this. that. Yeah, this is the new upgraded bottle, and um, it says Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey." bottle and blended out of Kentucky and this is a five year age statement on it and um, bottles are really good kind of look like oh remember those the bottles we saw from like Highland from Costco what was that oh the Kirkland stuff yeah it kind of yeah. looks like the Kirkland bottle doesn't it a little yes it does it reminds me of um uh it's a clear new riff bottle oh yeah is that about right yeah that's yeah. Originally, I was saying I thought it was like uh, George T. Stag bottles, but I think they're a little too thick for, for that bottle, but I don't know. But on these, I think his son, um, one of his sons, I can't remember which one, is kind of taken over the like kind of Duke um, bourbon side of what their estate. There's probably tons of shit that goes on with him. Just um, that name alone probably has. Right. <laughs> I think it's it says here on the back that John Wayne or the Duke to his family and friends um, was dedicated to craftsmen and, and a patriot. Uh, Duke bourbon is crafted and utilizes John Wayne's love of full-bodied, smooth bourbon from a recipe that until now was unknown. Created in, in handwritten notes, I, I guess through him. Through um, John Wayne? Yeah. Yeah. Um... So I guess in the family archives, they found this and decided to follow his notes and whatever and create um, the Duke bourbon. So that's what we're going to be drinking. This one, this particular one's 80 proof. The other one that I have poured for us, uh, which this one is called 
It's got kind of a gray and silver label on it. It's called the Legendary Duke Grand Cru Founders Reserve. And this is finished in Grand Cru French oak barrels. Yeah. So. Um, That's 110, that one? 110, right? It's like 55%. Yeah. Yep. So what does anyway, that say down there on that bottom one? Crafted from what? It said uh, crafted from nine-year-old Kentucky straight bourbon. Right on. And finished in, in French white oak barrels. Right on. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, let's do the inaugural cheers, eh? Yeah. And then we'll uh, we'll talk about the cigar we're doing here. That is amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and it tastes better today than it did yesterday. That was why I opened it when last night. When you did night. the first the first open on yeah, it? Yeah, I had a I had a pour of it last night and it wasn't that good. Yeah. So that's that's unique. That's got a really like first sip kind of feel stuff, right? Not not taste notes or anything like that. Um the kind of mouthfeel it leaves behind like a, a when I say licorice, I'm not talking about like a specific flavor. But when you eat licorice, like Twizzlers or something, you kind of get that. That it's like a, what? What would you? Uh, I know mucus, exactly what you're mucus saying. Is, I, I, mucus is mucus. Everyone's gonna think I'm talking booger snot. But <laughs> well, when you when you taste black licorice, there is that. Um, it's like a it's like a big aftertaste that's just kind of yeah, left and it in lingers. Here. It stays. Yeah. <clears throat> And this stays. I mean, even even now, I mean, probably, what, 30, 45 seconds, it's still sitting there. Yeah, because after you chew a piece of uh, black licorice, I prefer cherry, but I mean... Me as well. But. Yeah. But <laughs> black, licorice black just kind of hangs around even after it's done. Black licorice tastes like Jägermeister, so... <laughs> get the there black out of <laughs> licorice in those... Um, Goody goodies. They're like little bitty, they got candy coating on black licorice. They look like little colored tubes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You probably don't, never yeah, had no. that's some old old school candy. It's so like it's like you wanna talk fun vintage. When you're talking uh licorice, you're talking like old vine, right? Yeah. Yeah, see I'm talking Twizzlers. <laughs> right. <laughs> the good shit. <laughs> and when I was a kid, our licorice was Switzer because it was made right down on the riverfront at the manufacturer. That's where it was. And my neighbor worked there, so he would always bring home fresh licorice for us. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. <coughs> All right, so what we're smoking today, we are smoking the Mi Carita Toro from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Um, this is Steve Saka's company that he launched in 15. Uh, we've talked about Steve Sacco before. Steve Sacco is with Drew Estate, and he's responsible for the Liga Pravada, Undercrown, things like that. That's where those came from was him. He left Drew Estate in 13 and then opened Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust in 15. And this is Mi Carita. It's Spanish for my mistress. Wow. Yeah. So Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper and then Nick Robin Binder and filler. Um, supposed to be a pretty potent... Maybe uh, maybe remind you of some Liga Bravada in a way. Yeah, it's got that. It's toothy. 
the the wrapper a little bit, but it's a different kind. It's it's almost like a toothy skin. It's a little different. Yeah, it's very it's like very fine toothy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, all right, we're gonna light into these guys and we'll get this thing rolling. <laughs> Man, I'm tripping over this whiskey. That is crazy. It's still hanging out. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of what is in licorice. Yeah. What you... I'll tell you something. Okay. Um, let me ask her. She knows because I'm. There's a word. There's something that keeps. I can't. On that black licorice, what the name of it? <laughs> okay. What is? Alright, she got that guy lit up. Right away, something new I've been doing that I haven't really been doing super often. Um, it's kind of just become a smoking habit. Like when I light the cigar and I draw in the first couple of draws, I always retrohale it and then get back in and then start trying to taste on it and see what I'm picking up and what's burning quickly and repetitively and everything like that. I'm really paying attention to that initial uh, retrohale. And when that smoke develops and rolls out, that is probably the closest to an immediate light taste that I think you can get. Fantastic. This one's got more of a uh, um, sweetened pepper to it on the retro hill immediately, which is pretty cool. Not bad at all. What you got? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's five minutes I'll never get back. We didn't get anything. <coughs> oh. Yeah, it starts out good, man. I am lighting up. It's got some fun uniqueness to it. It is fun when I listen to the podcast and I'm hearing... <laughs> you can hear it. I mean, even from down here, yeah. well, you can who, hear... You don't need sound effects when you've got a torch lighter and a cigar cutter. You got all the sound effects you need right there. That kills that, uh, that dead space that sometimes you fall into. Starts off lighter. I kind of expected, you know, a little more spice right at the beginning of that, coming from that. But we'll see. We'll get into it and see what happens. Well, that's really funny that you pick that out of here because out of the uh, the reserve, the Grand Cru, Grand, Grand Cru, Cru right? Reserve. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I tasted it last night, and I think it was a little too cold. It's warmed up a little now, but. I was getting whatever that Grand Cru French um, taste was. And I was like, is that like, what is the Grand Cru? I don't know. Um, is that a specific wine or Let's find out. whatever? But this kind of comes back to, remember on the podcast last week, we were at the Mad Rush and it was cold out. And I was talking about, I'm not, I'm not saying there's ever a perfect time to drink whiskey. I think like being outside in the temperature right now, it's just warm enough that it's not gonna chill the bottle too much, that it's not gonna thicken up the liquid. 
not today. No. Whereas, like, when it's super cold outside, you jump right into that. Like, it was that day. It was, it was more dense. It was thicker. Almost, uh, like, molasses-like, you know? And the density, Whew. I mean. The worst day was the when we tried that down at City Park. Yeah. It was, like, close to 100, and that was, like, <laughs> not good. All right, we're going to find out what this wine is. Well, anyway, so we've already talked about the day. It couldn't be more perfect. Uh, we're getting pounded by the sun rays out of a blue sky. We're uh, back on my deck, which is not overly Christmassy right now. And we are watching a, a YouTube video of, like, Valley to some chill music. So it's like you wouldn't even really know it's, you know, so dead middle of winter. Yeah, it's true. Especially when Friday and Saturday is supposed to snow like 48 inches is what they're calling for. So Oh, they keep upping it. Yeah. That means we'll probably get nothing. Or I always like it rain. when they say probably nothing, <laughs> then we get five inches. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's going to pass us right by. You get three feet of snow. So it says that all it's saying about Grand Cru French Oak is that it's some of the barrels uh, that have aged most of this 98 to 100 point scoring. Single Vineyard California Colt Cabernets. Right, because that's so, what I was getting the other night with some sort of wine finish. Well, but what I you totally get your <clears throat> licorice uh, thing on the back side of that. And what's unique about the wine finishes is there's only been two, like so French oak, right? Now I'm not saying it's the same barrels, but you know French oak was done in the Davies County. It's the white one. It's the one we liked, you know. Um, but the one you see most of the time is Cabernet, yeah. right? Cabernet, Sauvignon barrels, and then um, like didn't High West did the Merlot one for Missouri, you know? And those deeper, and it's probably because red wines are typically more full flavored and, and stuff like that. Maybe that's why it pulls away. But- You definitely see a color difference. Oh, it's, it's the darkest one on the table. Yeah. It's almost the same color as the Astra. Or yeah. darker than the ashtray, I mean. Yeah, it'll be curious to see the new bottled Duke um, and pour some of the old the old uh, bottle, too. This one... This, the, the initial one that I have, it's a small batch. And it's 88 proof. Yeah, that's what that one is, too. 88 and it's five years old so hopefully yeah i got a cool maybe a little bit i got a cool story about those two that we'll talk about when we get to those two i don't want to get it lost right now but this thing stands out alone this is a very unique bourbon right now the duke well and i know like. there's a i know there's a i say fourth because i've seen a picture of four of these and I believe we only have two out of the four. Um, but I've been looking for these for a while. And then, of course, they're right down the street from me. I got these at Total Wine. Um, there's a black labeled one. And there's another color. Duke.
subject for Amazon, blah, 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 blah. Yes, we are looking on our as you pull through on the cigar it's really good man so, so Saka's done a lot of a lot of cool stuff like oh the other Saka we smoked was in the pool episode we did the umbagog the one that was named after the lake in michigan that he fishes the umbagog on it that was the other Saka that we've done we just haven't done the micarita or the uh there's a red one too and i that? never remember that that's weird popping yeah Cracked a little. So, <clears throat> here's another one on here that's got kind of a red label. It's called uh, the Duke Founders Reserve Double Barrel Rye Whiskey. I don't know that I had that one. <clears throat> I don't remember. Oh, <clears throat> the black label one I'm talking about mm -hmm. is is Duke Spirits, Duke Grand Cru Extra <clears throat> Ave Tequila. It's a yeah, it's a tequila. tequila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I had that. Okay, let me see the bottle. Okay, yeah. So I had this. That's okay. That's the three that were there. I tasted this when I tasted that uh, the silver one, the Grand Cru Founders Reserve. So the one we haven't seen around here is the Red Label Rye. Yeah. Now I didn't have that. That wasn't there. But the tequila is good because it's in the Añejo finished in, in the Duke barrels and. Yeah, they say it's at uh, Total Wine. Of course, they didn't have it because it could have been there on a bottle. Well, it'd have been sitting in the tequila section. Well, no, I'm talking about this. Um, oh, double the rye Duke bourbons. It's reserve, double barrel rye whiskey. Double barrel rye. Huh. I wonder if that means it's. Well, that means it was in two different barrels, but. Don't know. I don't know. That stuff anyway, gets real tricky sometimes. <clears throat> we haven't got to the five year, but. Um, the, what did I say? The nine year? This mm -hmm. Founders Reserve? It's freaking bad to the bow. Yeah, this is a uh, not upset about bottle at all. It's uh, it's really good. It will be interesting to go to the original. Um, like I said, I'll tell that little story when we get to those two. But to do, because you can see the color difference in the old bottle versus the five year new bottle. Yeah. You know? This says on here, on this bottle too, Mountain Valley Distillers. So, I don't think... I wonder if it was acquired from I think there. it's a different uh, a bottle because it's a different distillery. Um, because this is coming out of... Uh, this is out of Owensboro, Kentucky. <clears throat> Bottled by Duke Spirits, Owensboro, Kentucky, made in the USA. So you know something bottled by Duke Spirits slash Owensboro, Kentucky. So that we don't even know if, if this is if the bourbon's from from there. To be honest, no, you don't know exactly. It's where bottled it's from. there. 
Ethan Wayne um, is, I think, the one that's helping with this, uh, his son. Well, it doesn't really say. Duke Spirits, Lawrence, Kentucky, or uh, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. <coughs> Maybe it still is. Anyway, yeah. A man got to do what a man's got to do. Forgot about that. Yeah, I'm reading here. It said, this is from... Uh, Ethan Wayne said, my father thrived on new projects and adventures, and he always loved a great glass of whiskey at the end of the day. Ethan Wayne, a partner in Monument Valley Distillers, makers of Duke Spirits. Our, our goal with Duke was to make a bourbon that embodies the spirit, strength, and richness my father personified while realizing his unfulfilled dream of distilling fine spirits. Third Strike Bourbon is a natural choice. Uh, well, Duke, blah, 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 Duke blah, 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 blah. died when he was 80? Yeah. Hmm. And that's the original. So Duke came on the market in 2014. So I don't know. I can't find anything on when it changed hands or anything. The last post on is from then. And in 2019 or 14, that bottle was $34. <coughs> and what are these now? So like, what was the five-year? A hundred. Oh, no. This was this was a hundred and then this was like forty nine. Forty nine? Okay. For the five year. Yeah. You know one thing I'm gonna say about this grand crew. Um, it's not overpowering the cigar, but there's so much flavor in that that there's not much flavor against the cigar. Right. Right? There's some tingly spice on the tongue, but it's not coming from that. And being at 110, this doesn't have any of that 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 heat or that that barrel burn and everything that you normally get from from whiskey. It's just there's a lot. It leads with the sh the sugar, like the sweetness, and then it just keeps doing its dance. Well, I can. <clears throat> there's definitely flavor in this cigar. It's just not overpowering mm -hmm. by any means. I think it's a uh, good pairing. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, so because that taste from the whiskey just sits on your palate, doesn't go away, it's cool because it's adding more and more sweetness to the smoke as you draw it in, which is neat. Now I'm sitting here looking at our mics. Your mic's down, mine's up. Yeah. What's... I'm just... So the directional on the microphones, yours is coming in right here. I'm just going down over the top of it. Uh, That's all it is. Yeah. It's all, it's all reading fine when you're well, coming into it. Well, I can tell it. you this. When I listened to the, uh, when we broke these out at Sugar Creek, the sound was just amazing. Yeah, did real well last week, too. I'm real glad we we It was good in the days. tent, yeah. too. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I had listened to that Occ one, yeah. Occasionally, and I think it's where the Russians' mic was and the wind would blow heavy, you kind of get a, one of those. Yeah. Like, just for a quick second, and then it goes away. You know. did his uh, fire pit on the table and pick it up on it? No. No. Um, I'm glad I did have him turn the music down because at one point the music was up. And it was... Not not that it muffed anything out when you listen to it. Like, I would go, okay, Cowboy, so what did you think about that? That little space right there? You'd have this... Boop, 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 from the, but it's only yeah. it's only like 10 seconds worth where I got him. I looked down and I was like, turn it, turn it down. 
because it was picking up over here in the middle. So see how there's nothing in between these two lights? Did you pick up in the uh, podcast that we were freezing? Did you pick that up? Yes, that's well noted. <laughs> well noted. I think I counted. I bitched about my toes 12 times, maybe. 10 or 12 times, I think. Well, until I got to the point where I'm like, have you checked your hole? Do you have anything on your line? I mean, you're like, what? I'm like, well, you know, this is like ice fishing, man. I mean, is there anything in our hole? We got all the poles going. We caught anything? This wind wind is shooting so hard, it's cold enough the fish aren't coming up. Well, you know, it's funny, and and I'm assuming everybody has experienced this, right? My business, I'm a contractor. I'm in and out of houses all day long. And sometimes these houses I go into are colder inside than it is outside. So all day of dealing with that cold, and then you get home, say hi to your honey, and she makes you that warm uh, meal, and then you hit the couch for a little news, and you're out. Because you just get that warm. After that day, I had planned on going out, and we did, but I barely made it through dinner because I had to come home and take a hot shower, and I was just like trying to break that chill. And man, it's sometimes it's hard to break the chill. But when I oh. got home, I was out. Yeah, I, there, there's, there's totally been times where you'll, you'll be, you'll be out. Something like that, or you know, it, it, it happens a lot when you've got like when it's cold outside and you're hanging out around a fire, right? When you finally get inside and the wind's not blowing anymore and you change, that's when I'm like, you need to get, you need to get cold. Yeah. So I know you're, you're kind of a fitness fanatic. You know, you like to stay in shape, look good and everything. Yeah. What is, because I, can you lose weight by being out in the cold? I mean, because your body so gets I to a point where it's, it has to be burning calories because you're shivering. So I, I figured do I may have lost a pound that afternoon. Maybe, maybe. I, I do know, like, this is biology, this is fitness, this is science. When it's cold outside, you do burn more calories because your heart's moving faster, your body's trying to keep itself warm. Now, have you noticed these uh, new fitness crazes to go somewhere and be put in a, a box where you're freezing, literally freezing? Cryo-freeze? Yeah. Yeah, cryotherapy? Yeah. yeah it's The thing about that, though, have you ever done it? Uh, no. no. Okay, so when you get in that thing, you're in it for like... It's, I just want to say it's like 15 seconds, but you're in it at like 200 some degrees below zero. Like it's so fucking cold. What's the difference in that? Just coming out here at night, walking around naked or something. Because it's so cold, it creates cold so shock intense, proteins. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to create cold shock proteins that then work with heat shock proteins and do all this crazy shit. Well, Janine was reading me about it and I was just like, oh, Well, that's like people that do these polar plunges. Yeah. You know, they walk out to Lake yeah, Michigan. Yeah, they're not making an appointment. Put a hole in it. do it every damn day <laughs> or three times a week. That's like ice baths. Yeah, I'm like, I know you've taken an ice bath. You play football? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they did anything. I think that was just a mental, like, check it out. If you get in this thing, your knee will fix itself. No. And then you get out and you're like, oh, my knee feels better. Why? Because I don't want to do that again. <laughs> well, it's really funny because I was a running back, right? So I'm getting hit all the time. What's the difference in in, in, in me and like a linebacker? Because the linebackers were always in there. Like they're all beat up. I guess the difference is I see it coming and I'm giving it as much as I'm, I'm getting it. But as a backer, you got to kind of take some of that because you got your head up, you're watching for oncoming traffic. So you're getting, you know, you're like one of the pins getting hit on, you know, like the bowling balls coming right. through. <laughs> right. And you're trying to stand up with all these pins are getting hit. You're getting hit. And um, speaking of 
of football, man, I it sucked you uh, didn't have to be down there at night because that ended up being how a about game. them dogs? Yeah, how, how about that game? That game was, dude. So I literally watch watch the game, right? And we're going gets into that third quarter, uh, and I'm like, man, this has to be some of the best defensive showcasing I have ever seen in football watching football through the first half and into oh, yeah. a little bit of the into third, a little bit of the third, third and then it, it started getting and open. then in that fourth quarter um you know Georgia turned it on uh, but their defense was still the thing man I mean shit they they how many times is Alabama first and goal three and out too but right? that's insane that is, it's Alabama right it's Nick Saban like <laughs> they don't go to the red zone and miss and Georgia just shut them down. But I had the feeling, just like I had uh, in the Chiefs game with Cincinnati, when they started that fourth quarter, I was not feeling good about our chances. I, I just wasn't. I was like, there's just, you could see, like, Chase catching that ball. He was not going to be denied. No, Just he get it anywhere up here, my, anywhere, and I'm going to go up and get it. And... I was kind of feeling that about the dogs, man. They were, like, coming after him like bloodhounds, man. They were crawling at him at some point. And you could just see it, how bad they wanted it. Yeah. And then you could just see um, the Saban boys just getting the same feeling, like, there's nothing we're going to be able to do, you know? I mean, I think when uh, it was number 41, uh, when... when, uh, uh, what's the quarterback for Alabama? What's his name? Um, I want to say Jordan Fields. Is that right? No, I think is it Bryce? Or uh, I don't know. Not gonna do it. I know Stetson Bennett's in Georgia. Yeah, uh, which that's anyway. a crazy story, it's- dude. Oh, this is something I want to ask you. I've been asking everybody this. Okay, have you read his story? No. Okay, so long, long story short, when he was like three years old, his dad has this recorded video where he told his dad he was going to play for the University of Georgia and the Bulldogs are going to win a national championship. Right? Yes. Right? That's all he's been talking about doing. I don't think he drafts. I don't think that kid goes and plays professional football. Dude, he was a walk-on. I know. I don't think he played. I think he's done. I think he did what he wanted to do in football. I think he's done. I don't think he drafts. The way he was talking, he was like, I love these guys. This is my team. We did it. I was not going to be the reason we lost this game. Right? All that. He goes, I did what I want. We're here. Well, isn't he a, a freshman? Or He's a senior. He's eligible for the draft this year. Oh. He was a walk-on when he came to Georgia. Oh, but he was a senior. I, I yeah. missed that. I didn't know he was a senior. Oh. And did you see the picture of him? No. Uh-uh. So, you know, we're not big Pappy fans, right? I think there's better bourbon out there. Right. You got it? But it, oh, I did the, see that. When he's got that 23 I tilted back. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that well, boy's so country, he talks out the side of his mouth. He's yeah, like, because, you know, I just you know we he's not out an there. interviewer. No, he's like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, he I, goes, I, I, he didn't have all the perfect answers. No, when, you know, he got her on there. He's like, you know, this is just what I wanted to happen, and you know, I'm very emotional, and these are my guys. And <laughs> how about that announcer when he was talking to him? When he's like, well, that's a bit. Congratulations, national championship. Smoke them if you got them. Did you hear that? No. Yeah, uh, he said it right there on the thing, which is great. <laughs> which is great. Well, the other thing that was kind of pissing me off, too. Hey, by the way, dope ashtray, dude. Yeah. Find it in the house? A, a little, oh, yeah. Oh, God, a little tiger. A little Lion King status? Uh, 
I think what was funny is the announcers can always get on your nerves because they were just talking about, um, and I, <clears throat> we'll look it up so we're not sounding like complete idiots, but the Alabama quarterback, oh, he's so poised. He just sits back there like, you know, nothing rattles him whatsoever. And then I'm like, dude, are you looking at this guy from Georgia? I mean, he's getting flipped over, throwing the ball, and then somehow, you know, the Alabama dingling walks over and catches the ball, and oh, it was a fumble, and all this shit. I'm like, no, yeah. that was all luck. But they they came right back and got that taken care of. But the guy, the kid was poised the whole goddamn game. Yeah, he some got, of those throws were amazing. Yeah, he got beat up. Everybody I talked to, because initially I was talking about it, I was like, I thought that kid would make a great NFL quarterback over time. So that's embedded. But everyone kept telling me, so I went back and I was watching, they were like, but he doesn't have a rollout pass. Like, every time he went to roll out, he couldn't get the ball out. I'm like, he was rolling out the throw out. Yeah, I mean, like, that's not that scheme. That it's, That's not Georgia's scheme. They don't do the rollout. So, there's not saying he can't learn it, you know? They're all play action off the run. I mean, that's what they do is run the ball, and then they roll out off the play action. Well, they said something like, 80% of the snaps in a season, Stetson Bennett's in shotgun formation. Like when he almost, on that touchdown, when he almost lost that ball, like he, he it got snapped, he got it, he had it in his hand, and he kind of moved it to put it in the running back's stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Football is, is, is so much different than when I played it because I like to get at the line um, right off the butt of the block, right? Now... It's like come across, get the ball, everybody's pulling, and you've got the front side to, to look at where your blocks are, and it's a timing thing where then you come back under the blocks, back on the blocks, and find your lanes. It, it's a little different. I would get that sometimes when we would do some cross buck or cross buck. Who's ever heard of that? Anyway, yeah, but I thought it was really an entertaining game, and then... You know, to just to put the dagger in them with the pick six. pick six. Oh man, dude! So there's this funny meme that came out. You saw when when he caught that ball when Kirby Smart jumped up in the air, right? Well, there's a picture where he's full up all the way up, and it says the moment you realize your head coach's vertical is higher than yours. <laughs> That's. Funny. I thought I thought it was I thought it was pretty. Did funny. I send you that pic? Uh, I know <laughs> we're 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 rocking rolling on football right now about somebody sent me um oh let's see here this one <laughs> that's great you're invited ben roethlisberger's retirement party hosted by the kansas city chiefs <laughs> yeah and for you guys because i'm showing him this picture and if we can he can take a picture of this and put it up but I mean, obviously, you guys can tell we're Chief fans, but um, it looks like, you know, professional advertisement. It all looks like it's been put out by the Chiefs and their posters all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's got Rosslenberger, you know, dropping back with a pass, and it's got the Chief logo. You're invited to the, you know, Ben Rosslenberger retirement party hosted by the Kansas City Chiefs. That is awesome. Yeah, oh, so let's talk about the big other one in football, right? So San Diego and the Raiders. Chargers and Raiders. If that game had tied, both of them went to the playoffs. Yeah. Right? I read all this. And then uh, for some reason, the Chargers called a timeout. Raiders went out and kicked the ball. Yeah. Right? Scored. Chargers are out. Right? 
So during the Green Bay Detroit game, Greg Olson and that other guy were talking, and they were saying if these teams tie, they both go to the playoffs. Right. So if they really wanted to, they could come in and just kneel the ball the whole game and go nuts, right? So on the other side, everybody's like, well, I don't get it. It was tied 34-34. Why did they kick the field goal? I'm like, well, they weren't trying to tie that game, right? If they were trying to tie that game, San Diego wouldn't put up 34 points. Yeah. You know? But Well, one's going, one isn't now. And this is the thing that I said was going to happen a few weeks ago, right? Be- be- this wild card weekend, right? It's what, eight, nine wild card games? Something crazy. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, well, how many teams are there? I guess I could look it up instead of... Yeah, I guess I don't. I should know that, too. Um, there's only two teams not playing. Tennessee everybody, and Green Bay. Right, everybody else. And then everyone games. else that got canned. But right, yeah. Let's see. Let's see how many games there are. So, there has... Well, there's four... One, there two, three, games. four, five, six... So, 16 teams. Six games. Oh, six? Yeah, six games. Okay. But who are some of the... Oh, what was I thinking about? I don't know. It's just interesting because you have teams like Arizona that's on a slide, right? Tampa Bay is on a slide. You know, the Raiders, they're okay. But it could get really interesting in the playoffs. The Raiders beat the Bengals, right? If the 49ers beat the Rams. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Like, there's Arizona loses. There's just so many weird angles it can go, you know? Well, it's like the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs are going to beat the Steelers. Steelers don't win that game. They, no. they don't win that game at Arrowhead. Not like that. It's not going to happen, okay? And then who will the Chiefs play if you looked at a bracket? It'll be – see, that's where it gets weird. It depends. Because it'll either be – Well, I could have swore Vegas. I saw a bracket well, Is there a that full we breakdown? would play Tennessee. And I'm like, how would we do that? Well, yeah, because, because wild card winner plays first seed. That would be the game. That would be the conference game. That's how the breakdown goes. One plays – what it's like one plays whatever two plays the other one so on and so forth. i thought we would play the winner of the uh, patriots bills game who who plays them i don't know what to say. see i i think there is a divisional game then there's the afc champion oh there's a divisional game yeah yeah okay because somebody was telling me that we would play the winner of the bills um, there we go. Playoff projection. Patriots game. And then the Bengals are in there playing. Who are the Bengals playing? The Raiders. Okay. So the Raiders aren't going to beat the Bengals. Dude, the, fuck, the Colts were coming into the playoffs to get beat by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. No, well, I get that. I'm just saying, I, if somebody asked me right now, I, would, I think the Bengals are scary. Obviously, we just saw them play the Chiefs. And the margin for error in that game, well, you know, Curse dropped a big ball for 40, 50 yards, and yep. so, so did Hill. I mean, literally, it fell out of the sky in his hands, and he dropped it. I'm like, come on, man. Okay, so. Yeah, apparently, if Chiefs and the Bills win, that's they play each other. Yeah. In the in the divisional round, the Raiders. Are, so this is what they think the divisional round will look like: Raiders and Tennessee, Chiefs and Bills, 
49ers in Green Bay, Rams and Buccaneers. Championship round, Chiefs, Tennessee, and then Rams and Green Bay. So if that falls through, I still, that's, well, that's not what I said. I said, I think the AFC Championship would be the Bills and the Chiefs, or the Patriots and the Chiefs. And then I think it'll be Green Bay and Tampa Bay in the NFC. And the Super Bowl will be the Chiefs and Packers. Oh. And then I think Mahomes beats Aaron Rodgers. Well, I would tell you this. That would make a lot of people very happy. Be the State Farm duel. Because nobody wants to see freaking Brady in the Super Bowl again, number one. You know, at times, I just don't think the Packers are that good. Now... Aaron Rodgers and and Devontae Adams the two of them you got A.J. Dillon you know I mean well that would be one hell of a Super Bowl that'd be a lights out Super Bowl because I think there's a lot of people that don't believe all the hype about Mahomes they think uh, Rodgers is a superior quarterback to Mahomes a lot of people think that oh yeah I I don't I don't doubt that well I mean come on I listen 17 years he's been in the league. Mahomes, what is this, his fourth season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Order. so come on. The, the guy's got some time. He doesn't have to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers in four years. But And, I mean, don't you think Kansas City Chief, them as a team have really grown to learn because everybody's got their game figured out now, right? So they're, they're having to... You know, the coach is actually having to uh, even coach better because people have got him kind of figured out. So he's always having to adjust and adjust. And um, so I don't know. Uh, Yeah, they've got got them put back together. I mean, they'll be fine. They just can't play like they played against Denver. They need to to be honest with you. I'm still kind of shocked we're sitting here and um, the Chiefs aren't off this weekend. Because if you watch that Texas game, Texas had the game. Mm-hmm. They had the quarterback yep. stopped. Yep. And somehow he pulls out of his shoes and starts running again. And the DBs had already, yep. they were walking back. Yep. And they get a first down and then the rest is history. Yeah. So, but I that's, mean, that's literally, they, I mean, the Chiefs could be sitting out this first round, but you know what? I mean, shit. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs would have lost to the Broncos if they hadn't picked up that fumble. Right. I'm saying the margin of error is you got yeah. you got to be game on every damn series. So I mean, you got to go zero to hundred the whole fucking time. You don't you don't make your way to a Super Bowl doing that. You know. All right. Well. So how you feeling on the cigar, man? The cigar's good. I've been yakking too much, so I let it go out. I wasn't giving my full attention to it. Yeah, this is good. I like my mistress too, Mikadita. Mikadita. I can say that once because he just said it, but don't expect me to be able to remember that and say it again. We'll ask him in ten minutes. Mikadita. Mikadita. Repetition so, okay. for memory. Repetition for memory. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that doesn't even help. Sometimes that doesn't help. Anyway, so maybe what we should do now, I'm going to open um, the new Duke. We'll um, put a splash of the old Duke in and give that a little swirl and see. Okay, so while you're doing that, I'll tell my story. So when yeah. I met I met the, the gentleman of the company that now handles all of this, and what they said kind of, this kind of counters a little bit of what the article was I read earlier, but what they said is that the family had found a recipe of a whiskey that was done during John Wayne's life, 
And what they were doing now with this new this or this re-release, new bottling, all that, is they were replicating the recipe as best they could today. Now I'm sure that's probably got to do with type of grain, you know, corn itself has changed like genetically 500 times in the past 60, 70, 80 years. Yeah, you know, like um, I had heard something somewhere that like cornfields like 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 um naturally a cornfield should be like the size of your yard it's a corn shouldn't cover 300 acres you know that's like when you get like heirloom corn or traditional corn how it's all different colors and the corn's only yay long yeah right these big beautiful long cuts that we get that are all yellow and golden and have zero nutritional value to them that's from um genetically enhancing them and, but and corn doesn't them. really have any nutritional nothing value. at all nothing at all that's why you see it coming in and you see it going out that's because yeah. there's nothing going on there. well 100 it's just good on a barbecue dude <laughs> but, yeah and if you put the right amount of shit on there it tastes really good well and that's there why like nothing when you do a mash bill yeah just certain corn certain area i mean if there's no nutritional value to it and it tastes good when you put butter on it the corn's only there for the alcohol fermentation. There ain't nothing going on with iceberg lettuce either right. until you put that ranch on there. <laughs> you ain't lying. And now you got something. <laughs> Throw some cucumber. Right. A little no. jalapeno. Cucumber hook it up. nothing. That's why dressing is the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. invented. Um, anyway, that's funny. But, yeah, and I mean, there's all kinds of different corns, too. There's feed corn. Well, I say all different kinds. I can't name them all, but... Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Like the shit we like to hang up for Halloween that's got all the different colored... Uh, yeah, it's heirloom corn. Okay, there yeah. you go. Heirloom. I didn't know that. I didn't know there was heirloom corn. Well, that's like that's what corn's supposed to look like. Natural corn. Yeah, so I maybe guess. that's what they were making. Like maize. if you buy a corn seed, is there a seed? Stalk? Like how do you grow corn in your I've yard? I've never split open a corn to see if there's a seed in it, but I know I like I'm eating it. Damn sure chewed one down. If you go to, a, if you go to like a little... Um, carnival or whatever and you and this, i give a funny story about this actually you remember national lampoon mm-hmm. the little redhead that was mm-hmm. in there okay so he was up in utah and he started a corn business he bought this corn rotisserating uh, corn machine and it would just cook that sucker like on a grill to the max and then he would put butter on it with parmesan cheese and salt and pepper and shit whatever and Hand See, it to that's you how you make it. something with no nutritional value horribly bad for your nutrition. <laughs> well, I don't give a shit. It was awesome, man. They had them standing in line all around the damn park and that shit, and it was good. But it was the guy from National Lampoon. So if you're a <laughs> child great. star, that's where you end up selling corn. You know, right at on. the park. Yeah, they probably pulled down or, some cash, man. Or on drugs. I mean, how expensive is it for a box of corn? And he's getting almost ten bucks a. What do you call it? An ear? <laughs> How they make that ear, ear or whatever? An ear of corn. So he was cashing in. Maybe smarter than everybody. That's like I met. I met someone uh, probably about two weeks ago. Um, his wife. She's a nurse. She has a side business. She makes flavored popcorn. Right. Right. Five dollars a bag. It's crazy. But she just buys the kernels and pops them on the stove. You can go to Sam's Club and buy like thirty gallons, of, like a bag of kernels for like twelve bucks. And that probably makes 80, 90 bags of one-pound bags well, of popcorn. Well, we used to do or that Ziploc bags back of in the olden day. You'd have a bag of uh, kernels. And you put them in the- Just like, like, you know, if you want beans, like ham and beans, 
you have to soak them in hot water and you know you get your like yeah, baby. But now we got bushes baked beans baby right well, the same thing with popcorn. You put them in a big pot with some oil and pop, 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 pop like chippy pop. <laughs> well, let's take a little sip of this, the original Duke. Cheers. It's the OG, 88 proof. It still stands up. It's still good. I know that's been in my... Cowboy Hall down there for at least five years. Yeah, it's still good. It's got a dusty, a it does. dusty quality to it's it. It's dusty. Though. Speaking of corn, this one you can kind of pull some corn on. Yeah. It's husky a little bit. But it does. It does have that attic-y, attic dust to it. Yeah. And I imagine it stays pretty consistent down there around 60, mid-60s. All season, all year long down there. Well, man, it just couldn't be any better sitting here on the back porch with that sun toasting our forehead. Oh, of course, not yours. You've got a cap on, but. Yeah, not at all. It's nice. I do love the bottle. Well, the bottle looks great. The corks go in and out easy. And I know you may say, well, that's interesting you talk about corks because we've definitely had some amazing bourbon and the corks are just ridiculous oh yeah which maybe they were listening to our podcast because if i'm not mistaken well prime example was the um the pack bottles yeah now you couldn't get the cork back in well it was just a little ass cork i mean it, it was like the size of your pinky and then it got wide and they never really fit tight and i think they corrected that we were like, the only thing wrong with this product is the freaking corks are are not up to par. Everything else is fantastic. Um, so maybe they listen to us. That would be fun. Yeah, by the way, we did a little research trying to find out if there's a cigar that um, the Duke used to smoke. And in all movies, I was looking this up. You know, the cigars have always been a big part of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. if, when you think about it and start thinking of all the movies cigars are in, it's crazy, man. Every, it's in everything. So, and that's something fun to talk about. So, like, in the United States, up until... My date knowledge is shaky. I want to say up until about 19... 30 or 40 the, the, those couple decades there there were 7,000 cigar manufacturers in the United States like cigars were a thing cigars were around before cigarettes as we know them were around yeah right originally cigarettes were just ground tobacco rolled in papers and there you go then the filters and all the other shit was added, yada 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 but cigars were cigars you either smoked a pipe or you smoked a cigar yeah so yeah. now it's like that's why I've always loved about old like like cowboy movies do them a lot when they go into a saloon there's a jar there that says cigars a nickel yeah you know and they're little coronas or, or half coronas sitting in there and everyone's always got them they're smoking them and so the movie that comes up to mind is um open range so at the end of the movie an open range you know duvall and costner have it out with the bad guys so right there at the end you know they're talking about maybe meeting their makers or whatever and they go into the shop and they buy some cigars and chocolate 
So they're out there behind the barn sharing a good cigar and a little chocolate, talking some shit because, you know, they don't know how this is going to go or whatever. And the romance of a cigar and tobacco back then, which was such a spiritual thing to the Indians, right? You Way know. before that, but yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Who knows yeah, how far Spiritual or spiritual and shit. 14, uh, I want to say it was... 1470s, um, the Bahike tribe in Cuba introduced tobacco. Uh, and at that point in time, when you smoked it, it was more of a, um, a high. Yeah. Right? It was a, you met gods and, and all the healing purposes, all that. That's all native tribes across the world. You can find it across the world. Yeah, well, that might have been different tobacco than what we're smoking, yeah. for sure. <laughs> but um, in, movie, in movies, you're right. Like, think about Independence Day. When they're getting ready to go kill, and they said, uh, he pulls, Will Smith pulls the cigars out, and he goes, we'll save these for when the fat lady sings. Right. Yeah. You can just start thinking about it, and it's in all the big movies, man, from Schwarzenegger. You know, in a lot of his movies, he's smoking stogies. Did um, I ever show you that video of that stupid fucking thing he said online? Yeah. I thought it was great. About rubbing the tequila on his cigars and, and smoking it? Oh, no. I thought you were talking about when he was uh, like, I smoke listen, sto- I smoke stogies. <laughs> My wife's father introduced me to Stogie. So when you guys head for your man caves or your women are kicking you out of the house for your Stogies, I'm smoking my Stogies in my house. <laughs> but, I mean, cigars, I mean, the, the Cowboys, I mean, from the Duke, John Wayne always had a Corona or something in his pocket. So did um, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. He always had that said? cigarillo. You said John Wayne. But same thing. John Wayne and then Clint Eastwood, yeah. I was saying, always had cigars. Yeah. And um, feeling lucky, punk, with the cigar being shit. I was thinking of Scarface. He had Al a Pacino. big... Al Pacino? Yeah. He had a big stogie. Anyway, I just was shocked when I was thumbing through like 30 pages of movies with cigars how many are in there but when i went to find out what they were smoking you can't find that out well that's hard and they're not labeled all of them are no label well that's because they don't want to pay the company to have the label on there now i do know um what is his name played hellboy he was in sons of anarchy yeah i know who you're talking about i don't know his name he oh what did he smoke he had when he was on aficionado there was an article about sons of anarchy he's like Every week there was a fresh box of this cigar. I want to say it was Romeo Julieta's, I think. Um, the the Dominican ones, not not. Well, Cuban. most of the time it's Opus X, and I'm like, but come on. They were, but they were they were there, and because he smoked all through the show, you know that they had they had all that jazz there. They did that. Um, who did I hear the other day? They they made a comment about what was the cigar budget on that movie the other thing though is anytime you watch a movie like big business people there's always a humidor on the desk always there's always a humidor on and the all desk. the old movies you know when the boss calls you in and he stands up and open offers you a cigar yeah tabletop cutter your ass lighter. is in trouble right <laughs> you're not getting promoted right. oh i'm getting let go um the movie i just watched uh, a famous christmas movie where he goes into his predecessor that he's always fighting that's always wanting to buy him out. What was it? Um, hey, Janine. What was that uh, Christmas movie with uh, Stuart? It's 
wonderful life. It's a wonderful oh. life. He goes into his his guy that you know he's fighting through the whole movie, and he offers him cigars, and he's all excited to have a really nice roll. We know in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, his uncle's always got that long cigar in his mouth. Yeah, he's the, Christmas the one that tree caught the fire. Christmas tree on fire trying to light it. He lit his fucking hair on fire and got the tree going. That is a funny damn. Movie. That movie is great. That movie is really great. Yeah, I've watched a lot of movies of late. Uh, I don't know what we... I, I don't keep up exactly what we talk about on each one, but I know I watched um, The Bruiser. Was it The Bruiser? It's kind of like Rocky, but it was like... Her name was uh, Justice, and it was... Um, Oh, not Will Smith's girl. The other one that's really good looking. Holly Berry. Holly, thank you. Holly Berry. I haven't seen and that. And she was an ex-UFC fighter, and she lost some fight. Because oh, I saw the... She's got the kids, right? Yeah. I saw the preview for that. I haven't seen that. I was like, well, this is like a Rocky movie, whatever. And then she makes a comeback, and it was pretty good. That's the latest one I saw. But she you know, yell, yell, yo, Adam at the end instead of Adrian? <laughs> well, she had a kid. And it was, you know, but it was kind of like that. But it was entertaining. I really enjoyed it. But for me, there's just not enough movies. I call them adventure movies. Like, did you ever see the movie? I think it was called The Edge with Hopkins. And, um, you know, they end up being in a plane crash and have to try to make their way back. And they deal with a grizzly bear and all that. And they're up in the mountains. I mean, like Jeremiah Johnson movies. Where are they? Open Range was fantastic. And. You know, uh, westerns have kind of made a comeback, but I mean, they're far and few between what I would call epic. Now we're watching 1883. I fucking love that show. My only point is, are they ever going to get over the river and get out of this? I mean, they haven't even got on the adventure yet. They just got over the river. Yeah. I'm like, Janine, this shit is going slow. It really is. If you watched all three I'm or caught four up. Episodes, they're across the river. Yeah, okay. They're yeah, across, they're the, across river. the river. But they got a whole hell of a long way to go. The hell yeah. Well, I guess this is going to be a five seasons before well, they finally Well, because the get... trail, like where I'm lost, right? Because it says it's a story of how the Dutton settled in Yellowstone, right? Yeah. But all the hearing you're talking about is they're going to Oregon. Right. So are they going to go to Oregon and come back to Montana? Who knows? Because I haven't, I mean, these are, are, are these... And you know what's also funny is I'm just finding out because I finally, you know, sometimes we don't look up stuff. Sometimes we do. Yeah. But in Yellowstone, you know, the guy who is sharp, you know, he's solid and he's the main horse training guy and they ride those horses really rip. fast and then they slow down, not rip. He's one of Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. He's the guy that takes... The, the punk that got thrown off or whatever and he goes down to four sixes they're gonna make him a cowboy yeah 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 he's the guy driving and he says you I'll I'll drive home while he goes listen dude this is a quarter million truck quarter million trailer and a million dollar worth of horses you're not driving ever gonna be responsible for a million and a half I am the driver always that guy is the originator of, of the whole all thing. of it of yeah. everything yeah 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 well he used to he did mayor of Kingstown too which by the way did hey. you finish that no, I'm only about four episodes in. Go. That show, oh, I'm going to say it's better than Yellowstone. Okay, good. That, I got something that, to look forward that, to. Uh, that plot line, that whole interaction of that community and how it go- Oh, it ends. Did you 
Okay, cool. Perfectly. I got something to look for. Did you hop on the Dexter, the New Blood? I haven't got on that yet. I haven't gone. I need to like go back and watch. Like, I didn't. I never watched all of Dexter. Well, like I watched. I saw. I know how it ended. You know, but I didn't watch like season for season in that. I will say this: at some point, you just gotta think like the only criminals that get caught just have to be the dumb ones are the ones that get caught. <laughs> I mean, if you're really on your game and you're that. Um, Clever. I, I just don't see you getting caught. Did I mean, the caught? resources, especially today, with COVID and everything going on in our society. I mean, where, where's the resources? These, these like, you know, um, like these offices where you come back and you've got all the detectives and you're talking and you're like in a spaceship because you've got all these things available right. to you. I, I don't see it. I mean, I've been in a lot of police offices, and man, they're barely—they're barely making it. I, I, the resources are so limited. Anybody that's smart and gonna do away with somebody—I mean, I don't know. You got to do a lot to get caught these days, almost. I think. But well, good. I'm glad uh, I've got something to look. Yeah, forward Mayor to. of Kingstown is is fantastic. But man. I think you would also like this series I watched and finished called Joe Pickett. It's on Spectrum. You have Spectrum? I have Hulu, so I can catch it. Yeah. Well, Joe Pickett on uh, Spectrum, I think you'd really enjoy the hell out of that. I think that was fun. And it's adventurous in the mountains. It's about a sheriff and um, a game warden, which I never thought about how dangerous game warden business could really be. Yeah, I I talked to a game warden once, and uh, they're more powerful than pretty much any cop. Or how about the livestock? Uh, livestock. Livestock gauge? Yeah, I think that might be dramatized a little. Holy shit! Maybe it's just a little. Wow. Maybe I don't know. I don't know any livestock agents. Well, I guess if you're used to like Dutton, uh, being a part of the whole state and everything that happens in it, and you know every little ins and out. Plus, you got a killer daughter who will literally kill anybody for you. She's a or gangster. bring down any company. Yeah, she's she's a gangster. Yeah. Whoever wrote her. And I mean that was the perfect writing and the perfect character. Yeah, but all they, of them are really yeah. They they, good. they casted that that perfectly. Like that guy that plays Jamie, I don't really like him as an actor. Um, at, but he plays the perfect but they make like, him like frail. That, right? That's how, yeah. I guess. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Because when his when she comes into the room with him, he's like <laughs> he's like his head is on a swivel. I mean, uh oh, who's in my office? Oh shit. That was like what season? What was well, it so season you're all four? up to date. Yeah, you know what he was gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get there was no options the yeah. available. Yeah, um, that was like season four, and when she, uh, when he was like, uh, er, she's talking to John, and he goes, "You gotta be nice to him. Keep him out of things. He's gonna kill himself." She goes, "I want him to." <laughs> right. Like, Damn, man. No, and every once in a while, you no know, no love like, lost. Dude, I do love him. I mean, come on. He's, you know, whatever. Anyway, great series. I'm glad to hear I've got stuff to watch on the Kingstown deal. But I watched another one with, you remember Speed? Yeah. Well, who was the actor, the girl actor in Speed? No, Keanu Reeves and, well, Keanu Reeves and, and the, the Burnett, uh, you know, can't think of her name. I'm telling but you she's know. got a movie out, too, where um, I guess her mom and dad... Uh, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. And she's in this movie. And uh, me and Janine started watching it. She was in prison for murder. 
of a police officer. She was trying to protect her daughter. Or, I'm sorry, her sister. Anyway, that's all I'm going to tell you about it. Oh, I, I heard about this. But yeah. listen, I, I was telling Janine, we like took a break, you know, got something to drink or whatever to watch this. I'm like, man, this thing's going slow. She goes, well, we're in 40 minutes. Let's go ahead and see it through. And the ending blew me away. What it, everyone told me, it's like, you just got to watch. Like it. Yeah, I can't tell you what, but you got to watch it because yeah. you'll be rewarded at the end to see kind of what happens. But that was a good one. Yeah, that's like Mayor Kingstown, man. It's it's like that shows a ticking time bomb. And then it doesn't, like, you know, like, when you get to the finale, like, some shit's going to go off. It goes off, but not any which way you thought it was going to. It's, it's super well, Yellowstone, cool how they wrote Would you it. ever thought out of all the characters, there'd be a spinoff with the, the one guy who ended up going down, you know. No, the, the four sixes? Yeah. Yeah, had no idea. No, I never, never saw it. And now that's going to be a series with Yeah, them. series, yeah. Yeah. But focused on that ranch. But when you really go back and look at those series, they were paying special attention to him through all seasons. Yeah. You know. What's his name? That's another thing. I don't really, you know, I, I don't really catch all the names. The good-looking one that's, you know, a ranger, ex-ranger, the seal guy. Yeah. Yeah, his wife really just after a while just I mean I think everybody can't stand her. Her character's just weird. I mean she's so pouty, so down yeah. on everything. Yeah, it's like life just sucks. I'm like, what can I give you? I'm like, good God. But of course he, you know, did the uh four days in the wilderness. <laughs> Figure out the wolf. And yeah. at the end and you know, she, She's like, well, what did you see? And he goes, it, it, it ain't good for me and you. <laughs> it don't look good for me and you. So then you remember the other uh, Burnett that he met? Yeah. When they were rounding up some horses? Yeah. Who basically said, hey, do you believe in instant love or attraction? And he's like, I'm married. And that was about the end of that. So you know that ain't the end. No. Because he's already in his vision. He was sleeping with her. Yep. Along yep. with the coyotes and whatever the hell else was <laughs> out there. Yeah, I'm curious how many more seasons Yellowstone goes. I think five's enough for Yellowstone. Dude, I love the Because you, you either, you either, look, the Duttons either have to lose the damn ranch or they he gets elected president and, of Montana and it's just is what it is. Well, I don't have to be a mind reader to know that in any real world, you get rid of the ranch. I mean, it's inevitable. They're coming. The wolves are coming. All right, so back to what we do, talking about bourbon and yep. cigars, and we're going to get into this new bottle of Duke, and again, it's five years, and uh, hopefully this will be good as well. Yeah, I'm glad we did these back-to-back. -back. So this is supposed to be, I don't know if it's, the, sorry, the same juice, or is close to, and, and that's the thing too. Is this the story, or is this just that five years old? Because there's no age statement on that, is there? Yeah, the original? five years. Five? Okay. It says right here, five No, years. no, the original one. Oh, no. No. But looking at it, I would say at least just by my, I would say three, four years maybe. Well, it's the Kentucky Straight Bourbon? Yeah, but I mean, least. look, it's pretty close. So, I mean, I would imagine well, let's see what happens. Yeah. Cheers again. Third cheers.
Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of the original. Yeah, that's really close. I think what Maybe I'm missing here. a little better. I don't know. I, I think the vintage taste on the other one, that dustiness, I think that makes the other one a little better. Hmm. But it's cleaner. It's here's much the other more thing clear. Too, like we said many times, we just popped this open. So. But it, it definitely. If I, I'm, I firmly believe even us, if we were at a, at a, a bar or a lounge and we had a pour of that and finished the bottle and then someone walked up and that was the next pour, I don't know we'd catch the difference. Right. And it's not that finite. The only the only thing I'm pulling apart is it's it's cleaner. The dust, the vintage stuff's yeah. not there. That's it. And we just opened it. Well, that's but it. yeah. I do think and. Um, for you guys uh, what we do uh, one of the nice things that we've been doing with Legends Golf Course through Matt Iavaldi and Sue out there with the Legends we do a bourbon cigar night I don't want to say every month but it seems like every five weeks maybe every yeah we, we five, probably probably two months a year we don't yeah maybe you know but I think it would be great to have a night with the Duke that'd be awesome you know and we'll get the other bottles and we'll get the tequila and we'll have the special rep uh, promoting the line there and we try to uh, put together a uh, for whatever we can read and find out a cigar that the Duke would have wanted to have with that or something as close as we feel would pair with those and um, well that'd be really do cool a Duke to... poster or something and, yeah and, and have somebody out singing some we need to get like um, you know I'm not talking like a yodeler but like an old country guy yeah. who sings the old country trail tunes and shit. That'd be kind of cool. That slow stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That could be cool. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. And try and try and, you know, I could do some Just deep, a deep, deep diving and, and see, you know, even if it's, if you could get down to like country of origin of the cigar and like, you know, a, a rapper, right? Like, like what, what was the basis of it? Yeah. And that's going to open up a thousand options that we can play around in. But try and I was get thinking we can maybe, close. you know, I know this may sound a little silly, but it's not for me. I dress this way all the time. No, oh, yeah. Dress up a little cowboyish, <laughs> but I do that all the time. I so get a cowboy hat. That's like, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to get golfers to. Uh, oh, come on. We dress up night. <laughs> yeah. Bring your best outfit. We would have a little deal, you know. Put on a cowboy up. Yeah, cowboy up. What's up? Night. A night with the Duke. I think that'll be great. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that'll that. That'll be cool. So but something I thought it was fun to get it on our podcast. I got a hold of these the other day at Total Wine. I think we've already gone over the price. Well, and it's whatever. all new. We haven't we haven't touched like even with this first. I've seen them for a while, but I was like, hey, it's time to maybe get on the Duke. I don't know what how this kind of spurred me to get into this, but well, here we are. Yeah. It's interesting because this stuff kind of hit the market at the same time Old Elk did. At least these bottles, right? That five-year bottle, at least. I hadn't seen the other ones until a little while ago. Um, they all hit the market at the same time. And obviously, it's gotten better and progressed better because look at Old Elk. When Old Elk first dropped, mm, yeah, mm, not good. Now, I mean, shit, their cast strength stuff's amazing. Their rise are good. And they've got cognac, sherry, and port cast finishes now. Um like when we were at uh, Ruth Chris for the, the Lit Cigar Lounge and Luciano party and they had all the old elk. You know, it was what, was that four? Four old elks? You know, and those were significantly, yeah. they were good whiskey. Oh, yeah. You know? Old elk is up there now. But I, what's also crazy, too, is I remember us having this on the show um, in some of our early podcasts. We had the Duke. I'm pretty sure. Haven't we? 
You think we've never had the Duke? On I don't the think we've ever had the Duke. Uh, you know, we might have. But here's the thing. I know me and you tried it together, or I had it by myself, and then I shared it with you, and you were like, man, I, I, that is really a great bottle of bourbon. And I don't know if it was a year later or whatever, we brought it up again, and I'm coming back from Springfield because my boy went to Missouri State down there, and I'm in a gas station. I mean, one of those gas stations, you never remember the name of it. Like, down there they call them come and goes or whatever, which I think is hilarious for a, <laughs> a goddamn college town, really. Come and like go. Like, day one, yeah. I'm down there, we pull in for gas. I'm like, Gene, can you believe this? College town, come and go. Anyway, it was just sitting on the shelf of a gasoline station. I knew you'd want it. I, did I give it to you for your birthday yep. one year? Yeah. And by the way, I have, I'm going to show you your, what you, you were getting prospective Christmas present, which came to be a total debacle. I'll get your opinion on what you think, but it okay. ended up being a total debacle. But um, it was a bottle of something that I've been waiting for like, I don't know, four weeks, five weeks to get. Jesus. And I got it right when we were leaving the other day and I opened it up and I can't believe it. Hey buddy. And by the way, Jack, Jack, come here, hey, Jack, my little 13-year-old, he's a little mix, a little uh, trail dog, a little uh, healer mix of a bunch of different healers. He's on the show today just kind of hanging out with us. He loves sitting in the sun. He's chilling back kind of being out with us and whatever, but um, maybe we'll put a picture of old Jack on there, too. I'm going back. I don't see it that we've had it on here. Well, good. It's good I think we've timing. talked about it. I know we've talked about it. I know we've, we, we've had it. I just don't know that we did it on here. So my buddy calls me, ex-football player of mine in college, calls me and he's going into a business meeting at Apex Cigar Lounge. Have you ever heard of it in North Carolina? No. I mean, it looks like um, huge. The place is freaking huge. It looks like an oversized Stuckies. I mean, it's huge. It's got all white with a big red roof. Oh, wow. You know, maybe a certain style in North Carolina in there. And they're big cigar places anyway. And he's asking me, what do you think about cigars? What can I, what would you suggest? And you know, that's really kind of hard when he sent me that. That's that's a hard, that's a hard question to answer. What would you suggest? You know, well, it's especially like. Especially in a town like North Carolina right which we've never been to i don't have a lot of experience what they are smoking on the east coast so my suggestion to him was oliva v series you know pick a size that's a um, safe one that's a very very and very I said, rocky snake. vitell i mean the decade is a, is a great smoke um and then i said you know you can never go wrong i mean you'd be hard pressed to go into a humidor anywhere in the country and not find something good to smoke with my father that's true so those were my true. suggestions because right you know a lot of what we smoke they would be like what no we don't have that here yeah a lot of a lot so of we chose my father well that's good that's that's all i mean pippin's probably some the the best next to the padron family or probably right there with padron maybe just not as much time i mean I almost Pepin any is, of that line for for avid cigar smokers are going to be good yeah and the more you get into it the more you'll find favorites and and stuff like that you'll you'll tag on to one thing or the other um which is which is really awesome but well i'm yeah. about yeah we're about yeah we're about the same way yeah and we've been it's getting uh, these for what hour and 15 wow. 
It's um, it's getting sweeter. And I don't know, maybe that's that that could be the whiskey a little bit. I don't get a lot of sweetness in these two, the original and then the redo on the five-year. I don't get a lot of sweetness on that, so I think the cigar is really picking up. It's getting into that... Uh, I talk about it with the, the La Corinne Bellicosos every year that I love about them. Or not every year, when they come out. That, like, uh, crystal, like, sugar, rock candy sweetness. Where it's not, it's not just sugar. It's kind of... You get hit with some hard sweetness, and then it's kind of tart a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's starting to tingle the, the tip of my tongue, which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. And we got a little breeze out here. They're burning perfectly fine. Yeah, even. Nothing, even. nothing at all. Little waves here and there, but nothing crazy. Um, so I have a fun thing I want to do on a podcast. Um, I'll talk to you about next week. We potentially have a cool guest that could be kind of fun, but... So, earlier this week, I was having a cigar. I was smoking a, uh, speaking to my father, I was smoking the Bayou 22, 1922. Um, and I was like, man, I haven't had some scotch in a while. You know, like, coming from me, like, when we met, that's why I got you that candle for your birthday. I was like, that's the bottle that started this. That first conversation, first bottle, first drink together, whole nine, right? I was like, I finished one. Well, what was weird about it is he actually brought a, brought a bottle. Of it with it? Yeah. Oh, dope. I threw him a few bones for it. Nice. More than what they originally cost, but I'm like, I don't care, dude. Yeah. If you're willing to let go of it, uh, you know, we'll just, I mean, because, you know, it that always puts fantastic. a smile on our face to pull that bottle. But, so I was looking around the scotch, and I was like, okay, you know, I can always go to the McAllen's. You know, I love my McAllen's. I've gotten cool there. I have this Highland Park cast strength, right? It's 120 proof scotch. So I had a glass of that. And I was like, damn. So then I was like, well, I've got classic cut Macallan, which is 106 proof, right? And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Then I, then I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have a little book now, right? So I had a little book. You and I was like, shit. Book. And then I was like, all right. Then I had a Maker's Mark Stave collection at like 112. We're going to do a podcast and we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll run through some stuff. We're going to get a really full bodied, strong, spicy cigar and do cast strength scotch and barrel proof whiskey i won't say anything until we do it but i want you to tell me you'll see you'll know you i don't i don't i can't say what i want you because then i'll tell you what i think but okay yeah it'll be so unique so it's it's such a world of difference right Going from the scotch to bourbon or bourbon vice versa it doesn't matter yeah just what what high proof at bourbon does versus what high proof and scotch does is holy shit they're 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 so different they're amazingly different i mean can you even can you keep track of all the mccallans because man Mm-mm. there is a lot out there no way dude uh, you know the additions the additions are great i've got favorites on those you know mccallan 12 sherry cast will always be there i still hands down to this day 18 year mccallan sherry cast i think is the best whiskey ever put into a bottle consistently what about the harmony collection which one's the harmony collection um put together and inspired by a famous chef let me see the bottle rich that might be the bottle i have the earth the earth rich caco no it isn't oh that is, um, that's a bottle that the German found down in Texas that the Mad Russian bought. Yeah, he's got that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that the other day, and, and I'm always like, okay, 
So if the bourbon cowboy finds a special McAllen, who can he go to to find out? Nobody except you. So I was like, well, yeah, I've never God, had it's, that. It's probably, you know, he's going to, that, yeah, I got it. I've never, I've never had that. Um, I know the Germans got a bottle of it. The Mad Russians got a bottle of it. Um, I got that bottle of Earth. Which I thought was good. Yeah, that we had. And then, you know, I've got some of the Travel Series stuff. The Amber, Sienna, Lumina. Rare Cask 2021. Yeah, I saw online the whole number series. Where, where are we up to now? Six. Six. I saw the whole collection for somewhere around six grand. You could have it all. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. that's Well, that's like when you want to talk about, I think on record right now, the most expensive bottles of whiskey ever sold was in 19. There was a, I'm going to call it a heritage sale. I don't know if that's what it was called. But there were bottles of, they were either 25 or 40 year McAllen that were bottled in 1970, that the bottles sold for millions of dollars. Yeah. Which is which is insane. You know, I'm like the odds, the odds of you drinking that bottle within a week are astronomically less than the odds of you grabbing that bottle and dropping it before you get to the register. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, ab that's absolutely insane. Insane. Well, what are we, what are some, um, what are we thinking here the next three or four weeks? Well, so. We still got to get the podcast in with, uh, what's her face? The yeah, seven footer. Yeah. We'll, we'll get after is that. Is she still seven foot or she uh, dropped a couple inches? I think she dropped a couple inches. So, uh, Joe knows cigars. Um, he's a local, he lives in St. Louis. He's got a YouTube page. His family owns a catering company. He does some interesting stuff with tastings and things like that. Um, he, we've got him next week. Um, he's going to come on. We'll be, we'll be at lit. It'll be at five o'clock on Wednesday. Okay. Um, we've got him. Um, we've got a little kind of personal favorite with me. Uh, Dan Dreyer, the owner of Dixon Flannel is going to come on in February. Personal or Zoom? Zoom. Zoom. Okay. He's not coming in, but then, uh, We've got some spots. We've got, you know, we've got some fun stuff. We're going to, um, professionally and for fun, we're going to go see Lionel at Sip and Smoke. Um, I talked to him the other day. Personally, he was at the lounge. Uh, talked to him. Um, we're going to do some, uh, yeah, we're do some cool stuff. We're going to talk. We've got, you've got some super unique ideas. I know we have to go back out to, uh, was it Sugar Creek? Sugar Creek, because Chris has called yeah. me. He says, man, I'd like to have you guys out for an afternoon. And uh, we can go through and do some barrel tasting through his brandy. And uh, and it's just not brandy because we've had it. I mean, it borderlines bourbon. I, I, mean, I will like, never. There, yeah. There's always moments that you remember, like when you're talking about stuff. And you, I'm sorry I'm repeating myself. You've heard this before, but I'll never forget that podcast. Oh, we actually did it with Saka Stuff, and we smoked the Umbagog. You sat down, and I, I read it. And it's sugar, you know, a judge, or is it judgment brand? No, it's something brandy. Judgment tree. Judgment tree brandy. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing with a brandy? <laughs> now, I've had brandy. Um, you know, I've had 
Well, okay, Randy, now what's the tequila in the white with the silver? Plaza Azul. Okay, what does that typically cost? Mm, 110, 120. Okay, that's what I spent about $100 on my bottle. Yeah. It, that one really just depends what store you find it in. Yeah. You know, like. It could be from 100 to $170. Yeah, yeah. And then there's. There's, there's different. There's the black. So the, <laughs> the bottle I want is the extra Añejo. And it's pitch black with purple lining on it, right? The cheapest I've ever seen that bottle was like $9,100. Jesus. And I'm like, bitch, insane, get a rich, get a rich man. guy on her. Oh, it, I'm like, I just That's can't do that, man. I mean, you know, even like, I mean, shit, I haven't bought a, a bottle of 18-year McAllen and the guy put it this, I don't even have one. It's been that long. I mean... 18-year McAllen now, <laughs> you know, it used to be like eight, 17, 18, it was like 190, right? 18-year scotch, like the pinnacle 18-year scotch, right? 190 bucks, 12 years, 70. Okay, cool, right? Now, I mean, I've seen it as high as $370. And I'm like, yeah, man. You know, like if it's a Booker release, right, that month or that time, well, I can grab two bottles of Bookers for... 150 bucks yeah you know and i've seen the bookers around i don't i don't i didn't buy one yet because i didn't know if you told me you had a line on some course i don't know what you had a line and what they were cost but i saw them for 89 dollars. there was two of them um bottle of bourbon blends over there on uh which i've gone there it was supposed to be the place is called bourbon blends yeah it's oh. out there on natural bridge you know right before you get to 270 out in that area and uh, they had a couple but i think that was reasonable i mean most of them are 100 110 you can find them yeah that's that's strange see and that's something i had talked about um well here's something i want to talk about too in the cigar side uh you guys need to get ready man this is a, a hobby you're into shit's gonna start getting more expensive um i want to say just just from i'm gonna pull my notebook out and and give you some of the the big names this year that jumped uh well just our brokers over the last three four years we were buying those 69 70 dollars a bottle and now you're hard pressed to get one for so before i jump into other stuff right these are big companies that i'm sure that a lot of our listeners smoke that we smoke all that right oliva Dunbarton, Fuente, Hiram Solomon, Gurkha, Crownheads, Tatuaje, and Matilda Cigars, on average this year, jumped their prices between 6 and 10%. And every week, you're seeing more and more companies are doing it. Now, price jumps come every year. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. You know, if you have a good yield on tobacco or the weather's really great, you know, or just a good year, everybody is jumping prices this year. So depending on where you're at, your your favorite cigars are gonna go anywhere from twenty five cents more. It could be two three dollars more, depending on the cigar, what the cost is when it comes through to the retailer. But on average, we've been our cigars that we smoke on average are right around the ten dollar mark. Ten to 11, ten to fourteen, 12, I think 13, is yeah. right. Occasionally, we we've, we've we do twenty and up. But like I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain I can go through my entire humidor. Um, well, did you add Craft Imperial to that list too? Because I've had many of my cigar guys, um, you know, our three packs, 
you know, depending on where you buy them are, I don't know, 29 to $33 for three cigars. Yeah. Yeah. And ours, our, our prices will go up a little bit, but I mean, overall you're going to look at maybe a dollar, dollar 50 more, a three pack, right? Yeah. On that side, which isn't bad. And then that price will be finite. I think it'll stay there on these blends. Um, but uh, if you go into a shop and you notice that, that your your the price on your cigar has gone up, you know don't that that's not that's not. I would almost bet my my liver that that's not the the owner just trying to make more. No. That's that's them just literally within the taxes that they legally have to pay, and then a typical markup. It's going to raise when the prices come up. Yeah, but listen, I'm a contractor too, and I don't know how our listeners are contractors or or if they've experienced this. I mean, listen, I've been fixing glass windows my whole life. When I was a little kid, I was being taught how to be a handyman. Because when you're a little kid, you know, at some point you're going to get a house in your life, so you need to have these life skills. So a piece of glass, 30 inches by 30 inches, used to cost around five bucks, maybe. And then maybe eight years ago, it has gone up to maybe eight, nine dollars for a sheet of glass like that. 30 inches by 30 inches, a hundred bucks, and that's with my discount. Wow. And you can't get it. You can't find glass, screen, doors, blinds. I mean, the supply of building supplies is disappearing. It's the craziest thing. And I don't know if that's a shipping issue. They just can't get it in fast enough. Or all the shit that we need is sitting on a boat. Um, in the thousands that are all anchored out there and they can't get them through the ports fast enough? Uh, don't mean to interrupt good news. The Super Toro Hooligan is on the way. Shipped wow. today. That is good news. The better news would be the labels too. I thought Friday. Yeah. This Friday. Yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to be or they may they may have they may have arrived today. I'm just I'm not at home. Yeah, I'm interested to see the new label. And we got cause... physical proof on them. Um but yeah, so I mean, just just back to what you're we saying, in, in that, like even with that, that's that's gonna happen in any any handcrafted or to use the term construction, not the same way you use it, but construction of the tobacco, that stuff's going to happen. Um, you can almost equate it to when, you know, uh, what's one that we can use? Well, that six year got discontinued and changed. So let's not, okay, uh, 10 year McKenna, right? 10-year McKenna two years ago was a $24, $28 bottle. Right now it's $55, $60. When well, demand goes up or popularity rises, uh, so, and, well, they got people are going to the year well, too. Yeah, so that was ride another that big wave. help for a price increase. Yeah. This cigar has gotten significantly sweeter. I've got some uh, really good uh, retro toast. ale on it. It's great. Like like toasted bread. It's man, that's. I mean, this is a fucking good cigar. I wouldn't compare. You know, like I don't know this is true. Okay, and I'm not. I'm not saying it is. I, I don't know. But Steve Saka, right? The guy responsible for the, cool the, the releasing. Steve Saka. Yeah, it's pretty dope. S A K A. Pretty dope, right? Responsible for releasing Undercrown for Liga Pravada. Legitimately making a cigar that has grown to such notoriety that people that smoke... There are legitimately people that smoke acid cigars 
and think that Liga Pravada is a different company. Right? Now, that's not... I'm not going to call it ignorance. I'm not even going to call it blinding. I'm not going to call it anything like that. Maybe you're just not into it that way, right? But when you go off and you do your new company, right? You create something so renowned, so special. Like, it's in your history. That is yours. Do you try and do it again differently? Because this doesn't taste... Now, I haven't smoked a regular, like an Undercrown Connecticut Shade or a Maduro in... I mean, we smoked a 10-year that we got from Fox. Yeah, but I just don't think, at least, and the background would come through you with some of the different variety and, and guys that I don't know this well, but this may be the second cigar. Well, like the T52. As far as Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, yeah. that's the second one you smoked. Right. But, what's, what, but what I'm going to say, what's unique about it is I'm going to give a kind of a tote to... I'm not comparing, I'm not saying it's the same level, but like what Pepin Garcia does with my father versus Tatuaje versus the Las Calaveras versus La Roma de Cuba and San Cristobal he does for Ashton, right? You can find, you know, if you smoke a Bayou 22, you can find a Tatuaje or, or maybe one of the San Cristobals can kind of compare. They're not the same, you know? To have that creative ability or that knowledge on tobacco that's insane. You know, like, like Luciano. You, you know, like to just be able to go, hmm, okay, this much of this, 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 eh, it should do this. Well, that's good. You know, I mean? like to do that, that's crazy. How would you compare the hooligan to the, the uh, Nicaraguan Las Caveras this year? Compare the hooligan to Pepin Garcia? Well, <laughs> um, Obviously, they're both good. They have a right? lot of similarities. They, they do. Uh, and th- this is not bashing our own cigars. It's going to sound like it, but it's not. The construction quality of that 21, right? The age of those tobaccos, that's the difference. That's the, the keystone just hammer down difference right there, right? I think there are some things about the Hooligan that if you could take those and just add them to what's going on in that Calaveras would be lights out it'd be tattooed on my arm tomorrow right like I'm, I'm not even kidding but i also think there's some varietals some of that floralness that you get out of that calaveras and you could throw that in the hooligan i was just kind of saying young like you know it, it's a um it's a good cigar it's fantastic far line but um it's still it's still young i mean calaveras just seems uh, just aged a little bit more. It's just got a little bit more um, layers to it than ours right now. But yet, you know, it's funny. It's, we've only been in the cigar game nine months. I know. Right? I know. I mean, how I mean, like really... with, with, with product on shelf, yeah. You know, oh. I mean. Right? We kind of started it's... this in May. So, I mean, it's really I go back hard. and look at some of the stuff from Tatawahe back in the day and the packaging and the box. Now, outside of our, our Apple turnover box, I mean, which we didn't have around very long. No. And we went to our black bags. Yeah. And kind of our whole, at least the start of this series that we've got going, you know, I've just kind of named it the black and white series because we've kind of stuck with that, and I think that's fine. But um, I think it's been a great start. I mean. I agree. I think, uh, you know, we've got some box stuff coming up. Um 
we've got there, there's some big plans you know we'll kind of see what yeah uh, but again here we go again with COVID, with COVID it's yeah. just kind of it, it's it's dampering the forwardness of that which is irritating as all hell I mean we've been trying to get to Nicaragua for almost three years now yeah and it sounds like nothing soon it sounded to me like maybe the summer maybe I don't maybe. know um, it just really depends. You know, you can't control, one, we can't control COVID, right? We can work within COVID, but you can't control the state of a, of a country. <laughs> which, right. Which that could be. I mean, be, what did you tell me? Luciano hasn't been able to get down there in three months? Oh, uh, yeah, he hasn't been down there. Yeah. I think he's down there now, I think. He was with uh, Ricardo. They just did a big factory build out, expanded their factory. Uh, but I think he just got down there. But, um, yeah, it's going to be cool, man. I mean, th- things are going to be fun. We got some cool locations. We'll be back at Lit Cigar Lounge next week for the podcast. Um, and by the way, I don't know if we've talked about it yet on the podcast or whatever, but the sergeant is out. Um, yeah. And I really like that cigar, man. I put it in my, uh, at least I, I sent it to you. I don't have it with me, but I, I, I really fitted that into my top ten I don't know if it was in the top five, but I think that cigar, man, is something unique. It's got some unique flavor to it, and uh, man, I think that's a winner. Um, so that's just kind of been in St. Louis like the last couple weeks, I think. Uh, it landed maybe three December. Yeah, so may- maybe oh yeah oh yeah yeah maybe a month now maybe three four weeks. So I bought a box uh, at the uh, Grand Cru Christmas party with Brown Eds, and um, it was there. So I chose that and been really happy with it. And um, I think we'll be... Um, so February 3rd. Yeah, February 3rd. Uh, when we get the uh, event poster, we'll, we'll put it out and it'll get rolling. Um, but we will... We just didn't know when the Super Toro was going to get here, so... We were. I was just like, I think this will be unique. So we're gonna uh, present the sergeant on February third at the Bourbon event at Legends, um, and we're gonna do Knob Creek. I know for sure we're gonna have the nine year. I'm not sure what how the rest of the Bourbon flight will. will if we're uh, get, if we're getting nine year, I assume we're gonna get twelve, and then because twelve is kind of the like Knob Creek twelve year, like it's it's there. And by the way, did you get the uh, the update email that Rob has resigned at Legends? Yeah, I did see that. So uh, there's an interim takeover right now. So, um, anyway, but well, let's hope for good weather, at least get enough that we can smoke outside. But it's really crazy. We're sitting out here. This is the 13th of 13th January. Of January. It's like mid-50s, absolutely gorgeous, and we really only have about six weeks of what I always worry where we're going, because normally we've always got the option to be outside, so these months, but we, we didn't really get haltered in December. Well, no. And even I, January, we're still out here. You've heard, my, you've heard my joke. I mean, and I'm not joking about what happened. It was horrible, okay, when I say this, but we had 70-degree day and a tornado in the middle of December. St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day, there'll be two feet of snow on the ground. (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) I mean, 
you know, it's it's absolutely crazy what the weather does here. It's it's insane, you know. And like right now, I mean, the weather, like I said, it's it's not bad out here. It's the, the phone's reading 52, and now Saturday there's a 90% chance of snow at 36 and 19. You know, and then next Tuesday it's 52 again. Yeah, absolutely crazy. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 stuff. But yeah, we got a few more minutes here, guys. I kind of want to um, loft a question up that'll go a little few or more minutes. But uh, what has been? Is it somebody somebody asked me this the other day? Just a random. We were talking cigars. Just a random question. You know, whatever. What has been the most significant change that you've noticed in cigars in the past five years? So basically the question was this individual who was smoking for a long time, had some health stuff, finally got cleared. He's doctor okay to do cigars. Right. And he quit smoking in April of 16. So five years, six, five years. Yeah. My initial thought, and obviously you are way above me in the cigars as far as the marketplace, but it seems to me like full body cigars, full body cigars have just come so far ahead of where they were five years ago. There just wasn't a lot of full body, spicy, good full body cigars. And I think they've made leaps and bounds into that. I mean, and, and they've added to almost every line that that you know and, and we regularly talk about. Um, I think that has been a big jump forward in the last five years and then Obviously, for us in this market, uh, Potique cigars um, have just exploded. Um, and then the other thing I would say is overall, good quality cigars have exploded. And I, I think the same thing, and I always say this, is bourbon, whiskey, spirits always kind of mimic cigars in some way, uh, industry. Uh, the same thing with bourbon. I mean, everybody has got to have, you know, their staple. Then they got to have their, their proof. They got to have their rye. Now you got to have your uh, barrel age, your, your, your double oak, your double barrel, your barrel select, your reserve. I mean, everybody's on the bandwagon. It's the same thing with cigars. You got uh, barrel aged cigars, uh, special reserve, anniversary editions everybody you just can't rely on your base stuff anymore you you have to have a pretty big portfolio to um, be making it in the market and be well known and I think that has exploded more in the, the last five years than what I remember too right I Jim completely Bean, agree. how many Jim Bean I mean it used to be Dude, there's Seagram a, 7 there's a 10 year Jack it's Daniels crazy now, right yeah um I agreed with what you said 100%. I, I think, for me, um, everything you said, yeah, the, the, the full full body, full strength market has, shit, quadrupled, you know? I mean, I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I remember, you know, smoking LFD DL, or LFD, the, the D stuff, the Lajero Diggers and stuff like that, you know, like... And no, they would sit on the shelf. You know, you had no problem. Someone had LFD, you had no problem going in and buying it, right? Because all the like, hair on everything like that, right? Uh, when my father started pumping out 
the Bayou and stuff and like these heavier peppered Nicaraguan stuff, right? Like Padron, you know? Like Padron smokers, like I think like, I'm not even being funny when I say this, I didn't see many young people smoking Padron. You know, like people are just you knew Padron. Padron was Padron. They've been smoking. They're smoking exclusivos. They've been smoking exclusivos since like 2004. You know, like it, it's just been that thing. But I've also noticed the expansion and the getaway in lines. Right? 60 ring gauge cigars were kind of popping up all over the place. They were up until like 18. You know. And now you're starting to see more of the 46, 48, 50. Because you know I was a big 660 boy. Yeah. And then the other thing you're seeing is people, a lot of companies, you, you, you could do that lateral line, right? You had a smaller cigar and a lighter cigar. You had a larger cigar and a darker cigar. You're starting to see the, the biggest tobacco jump has been Mexican San Andreas, right? It's It's a favorite for I don't think there's a blender that's used it that is said otherwise like it's a favorite it does something so unique that Juarez that, that you love Mexican San Andreas same rapper same rapper that's on the Cyclops same rapper right now you go through age some of the cigars that, we, that you know, I like in that range and you're right yep and yep. you've seen you've seen more openness to smoking you know, like the being set in your ways isn't so much a thing anymore. And I don't even mean that with just the younger crowd, you know, because the, the average age of cigar smoking, I want to say an 18 was like 38 to 50. Now it's 27 to 40 is the average age now. You know, like there's so many more younger, younger smokers that are getting into cigars, you know, and that, that quote unquote study or, or census is based on people that have not smoked cigarettes, don't smoke pipe, and don't vape, right? That's the this consensus that they're pulling. So odds are it's skewed a little bit, right? But you're just seeing a more varietal layout. You know, even vintage companies, right, that we've talked about, you know? <coughs> people are stepping outside what they enjoy inside companies they've been smoking forever, which is super unique for me. I think and it's really And a lot fun. of these guys, too, that if you're going to... Um you know your your favorite smokehouse whether it be lit grand crew the hill i mean you want to uh okay so you're gonna meet your same guys oh, okay what's he's well ah, don't even talk to him it's the same shit but i think those guys are like branching out they're like hey i, I do want to try this and i think they're pleasantly surprised by stepping out of the box a little bit the new missouri high west you want oh, one really? yeah as soon as i drink the other <laughs> i am been kind of stocked up on the last ones we haven't even uh drank on that yeah, yeah um, i think it's okay so let's levy off that and we'll we'll wrap after this it's interesting for me and i'll go first with bourbon in the past five years right for me i got into bourbon in 18 <laughs> you know that's when i got into bourbon is what it is you know so, so bourbon for me is it's still growing for me you know, I, I know. Yes, your collection is. Growing. I know <laughs> it's fucking bigger than your Scotch collection now. I know enough. I know enough, and I've studied, and I've learned, and I've tasted, and I've tried that. I can guide. I can guide through bourbon. You know, really, really well. Um, but there's still just so much new shit that's happening. You know, something that that, that blew my mind was that Peerless Double Oak. You know, for a, a company that that I had always heard 
Like I, I, I can't tell you when I've seen Peerless, any bar that I've been into, lounge, um, scale the bar however you want to fancy to just good allocation. I don't remember. And if it was there, I just overlooked it. Peerless wasn't on my radar. Peerless now? Peerless is, it's up there for me, man. I, Peerless does some great shit. And I don't know if that's the romanticism of being in there with Corky and doing all that fun shit. I don't know. But, well, I think for me and you, it's always fun uh, because, right, we got our faves. But to be able to find something that's different and unique and to be able to share it with the listeners, and because that's what I'm always thinking about, you know, for a while. I mean, it's just hard to get a hold of some of these that are a little different, a little unique. Um, got to be at the right place, right time, blah, 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 blah. But to bring something unique to the table that's a little bit different is always fun and exciting. But I will go back to, I've always been a collector of stuff. I used to get in, I had a buddy traveling all around the world, and I used to really love Hard Rock. Um, Hard Rock like hotels? Well, Hard Rock Rock, Cafe? Hard Rock Cafes. Yeah. And they had the guitar pens. Yeah. So I started collecting Hard Rock guitar pens. I don't know, I probably have two or three hundred of all the original Hard Rock guitar pens. But it got to a point where the supply was so crazy. Like, as a collector, you you were never going to reach unless you just went out of your mind. You were not going to have a full collection of anything. It just got stupid. Like, every, like, St. Louis was putting out 10 new pens a year. Or 15 new, new pens. And it just got to be a point, like, are you kidding me? I can't even, I can't, and it's kind of the way with bourbon now. I mean. Thank you for hitting that point. It's just like, bourbon has gotten to the point where it's just, there's so many good bourbons out there. It used to be like, well, man, I hope we can have a good bourbon on the show. I mean, are you kidding me? Now? We can't even, there's so many, we can't even get, I go in, it's almost like music too. It's like, you know, well, there used to be, okay, we had this group, you know, Billy Joel, you too. You had, you had, you had leaders. It's like, I was talking to Paul Cass the other day, uh, Cass Amanigas, right, short Cass, but it's like Hirscht, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. It's another new line of bourbon, Hirscht. I've had it and it's good, but I'm just saying there's so many good bourbons out there now. There's so many good cigars. It's, it's just not that hard to make a mistake anymore. Yeah. I, the, the other thing, and you, and you hit on it, there's so many. I, What that teams into is I think I think there are more of me than there are of you when it comes to history with bourbon, right? Um, and even cigars, vice versa. You know, like, I, I meet more people anywhere we go that have been into bourbon three to six years. It is very, very difficult to run into someone that's been into bourbon 15, 20 years, right? You don't, you don't, that you don't see them often, you know? Um, I mean, look at humidors. When I started uh, probably seriously getting into cigars was probably 2002 when I went out to uh, Utah and spent 10 years out there. I was smoking uh, Romeo and Juliet Reserve. It was probably a 660. It's a good cigar. And uh, it was fabulous. But the humidors back then were so much smaller, just like record stores. Dude, a 10 by 10 record store. Now you have supermarkets and you can't even keep, even today, well, obviously the LPs come back a bit, but I'm just saying your options. And if you, you could open a supermarket just of whiskey right now, 
Oh yeah, and not have well, all. Well, and of it so covered. and and that's the difference. The one of the only single singu, singular differences between spirits and cigars, right? If you're a shop owner, okay, and, and I know, like I've been that customer. I have done it. Like I've requested things, and it's like, look, man, right? Like if, if every cigar shop or every lounge, every owner of a lounge could get everybody what they wanted. Everybody, JR Cigars would just own everything, right? But you can't. You know, you're always going to get someone that comes in that smokes some off the wall shit that they love. And yeah, I'm sure it's fantastic. And you've probably had some of them. But is it, is it, you know, you're running a business. You can't, you know, is it, is it profitable or manageable? as an owner and I'm, I'm not an owner i'm just speaking from what, what i've seen and what i what i've witnessed is it profitable or even manageable or w- worth the time for lack of a better word to order that specific product for the one person asking for it well i think this i think you know and this is my observation is when you go to a successful cigar shop slash a lot bring your own bourbon or your drinks your beers or whatever you're into when you smoke your cigars how big is that um humidor and i think like when we go to um say an outlaw cigar they probably have 10 guys in there they're extremely knowledgeable of everything they got there and if they're able to successfully hold and make profitable all the cigars that they have. I think they probably have a very good um, group of guys in there that are talking to their customers and are involved in relationships. Like, hey bro, I know your go-to, what you like, but man, let me turn you on to this. Let me expand your knowledge and whatever. And I think when you see a big humidor that's up and running successful, I think they have a good team of guys that that are opening the minds of their customers it's just like, um, for example, a bar um, that when you go there, they don't have too many bourbons. And I say to the guy, he says, well, how come you don't expand your line a little bit? And he goes, well, we don't get calls for it. And I'm like, okay, well, is that your lack of commitment to take a leap of faith and, um, and, and teach to your customers what is available to you that you didn't know was available but does it and does now it, when they get them and they start teaching and they make different cocktails and all of a sudden man it's blown up but you're now, referencing you're referencing a super unique situation i want to i want to ask you, you you've been in you've taken me to super unique places right that we've yeah. been to and we've been okay well, that there's a prime example of that i mean they their humidor has gotten bigger their bourbon collection whiskey and stuff has gotten bigger. I mean, I think they've been expanding um, through the people they have working there. Oh yeah, and I th- and I think it's specifically specifically with lit. There's a, a fire of passion that burns in there. Like with the people that come, uh, the employees, the, the owners themselves. Like there's there's they're they're involved in all of it, which I think that really helps, right? Now, with that statement being said, how many places do you go into that, like you said, take a chance, teach people, but you can't teach someone what you don't know. Right. You know what I mean? And if you're if you're not physically there to be the one, you know, That's what you I'm start saying. with these two bottles and you're like, dude, check this shit out. It only gets better from here. 
right? Or if you go into the gas station that's got the, the, humidor, the humidor filled with the front three pages of Cigar International magazine, and you go, hey, can you tell me about this? And they go, ah, it's, it's $8, right? Like, you, you, can't, you can't get past that. And that investment doesn't come as easy as just buying it. It's easy to just buy shit. Yeah. Well, but you got to invest in somebody to be there, you know, and then each place has different hours, times, areas, locations, you know, like, like lit and, and the legends, like there, there are fires that cook in there. Like the, the people involved from ownership management down to the, the, just the hourly individuals, they're involved. You know, Grand Crew, right? We'll throw Grand Crew in there. Every member on that staff can walk you through that humidor. No, they'll coach you through it because they're invested in it. They smoke in it. They sit there. There, they I mean, can Hill be with the company. Customer. I think that humidor is jam packed. I mean, um, I've not personally gotten with somebody there and had them walk me through what they have, but they have a really nice, wide variety of unique stuff that I, I would assume they're doing well with because they've got customers there that are talking to people there that are knowledgeable about that humidor and, are, and they're talking uh, to them about it. And I think right. that's the key. I Do mean, you remember when we were at Montre's uh, with uh, LeVar Douglas from Uncle Nears? Yep. And we were talking about the bar. And I made a statement. I was like, you know, the humidor, that humidor rotates left and right. They'll get a box of this, box of that, box of that. And if it sticks, it sticks, right? But Bobby and those guys rotate that stuff and it works for them. But the bar, I'm like, you know, when you look at this bar, they've probably got in bourbon alone, what, 80, 90? Yeah, they got some bottles. One of the better bourbon but collections around. Nothing on that bar costs more than $16 a pour. Right. Right? You don't you don't look at that bar. Well, there is you demographics, you, right? Too. Well, you know. sure. Well, oh yeah, of course that plays in too. But you look at that and like he orders all of that over and over. You know? Like oh over and over. And like he even told us when we talked, he was like, you know, I get the options, but it's like, I don't need it. I don't, I don't have that. I do it all on this. Right. You know, there's a, a little fire there too. I, I think when, when it comes to that scenario, when you've got people that are personally invested, and I'm not even talking money, I'm just talking like you get excited when they it have arrives. A for yeah, what a passion. Doing. Thank right. you. Yeah. And it's, it's not a, it's not a side piece. It's not a, 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 a fun thing on the side. It's like, that's the part of your day that you thoroughly enjoy. It's like, oh, like shit, making a man hat. What do you typically drink in a Manhattan? Well, I drink this and this, a martini and Rossi, you know, like a Maker's Mark or whatever, and that. And you hear them, and they're like, "Can I make you a Manhattan? Can I make you a Manhattan? Because I'm passionate about it." Right. Let me. Or so far, so far to the point that there's a unique way a Manhattan or an old fashioned is made that you only do it that one way because it's proven, it's in place, it works. Right. Like you didn't get there because you Googled a recipe or you you tried something one time and you just said, fuck everyone else, I'm doing it. It's because it's, it's proven, yeah. it works. It's built for what it's doing. That's where that's where that nails in. Well, to sum up your, your question and that what's been happening in the last five years, it's just gone batshit crazy <laughs> is what it's, I mean, let's just summarize. It's fucking crazy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find someone that can edit this. I'm going to go in and erase those 12 minutes and just, it's batshit crazy. Well, <laughs> it's funny because Cass, uh, we were, we had a little bourbon thing with, with Cass. And um, he told a story that lasted about a half an hour. And 
one of the guys came in who had missed the whole half an hour. He goes, oh, we'll recap. And I said to Paul, I says, may I? I think I can do this in about three minutes. <laughs> and um, it was kind of kind of like that. Oh, let me summarize. It's just been batshit crazy, man. Shit is everywhere. There's tons of bourbon, tons of great cigars. And that's what we like doing. And that's kind of the, 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 the gig about our podcast is like we really don't rate anything. And we don't give it a one to ten or uh, you know, three giddy ups or whatever. We just talk about it. We'll let you kind, of, let you guys kind of decipher through our banter and everything that we do, what's happening, what's going on, and um, and I think that's kind of unique about our podcast. But the other thing is mostly you have a bourbon review, or, or they're talking about bourbon, or they're talking about cigars. Right. But with us. They're getting cigars, bourbon, banner, chiefs, shit, Everything the whole else. gamut. Yeah. Okay. So, one more question, right? And I want you to be bluntly honest. I'm going to be bluntly honest as well. Cigar Aficionado released their top 25. You brought up Cass. Cass has been sending us screenshots of it as they drop out all week, yeah. right? How do you feel about that top 25? And how do you feel about ratings on cigars through publications? First of all, I haven't even seen the top 25. Might not even recognize them, but always. In the top 25 of everything, it's Cuban cigars, which is kind of shocking to me. There's always one in there. Yeah. Right. At least one or two in the top 10. And um, I don't know. I, we've talked about this. I, I just feel like, you know, take it, take it for what it's worth. It's a paid uh, publication. I mean, these are big boys paying big money. They need their names in there. They, they need that shit. I, you know. Right. So I've always said with Cigar Aficionado... Much like Whiskey Advocate, Wine Spectator. And the whiskey side is more prevalent when they do that top 25 because whatever hits number one in that list, McKenna, 10-year, prime example. 1999, 26 bucks, now 50, 70, 100, whatever, right? Cigar Aficionado, that top 25, it's well known that if you buy an ad, right? If, if we contact Martin Shane and send him $10,000 and gave him Cyclops, it'll make 25. Yeah. Not a top 10, but 23, 22, whatever, it'll make it. But what I've noticed as I'm looking into them, probably the past two years that make me a little bit of a hypocrite, but there are cigars on there that I look at and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, that belongs there. Now, one, like one through 10, I've never really, like one through 10, you can almost guarantee ad space is going to accolade somewhere in there. Right, I'm 15 to 25 is really what I think is reviewed in place. You know, that should be your top 15. 15 to 20, 15 to 25 should be your top 10. Sorry, that should be your top 10. Right, but there are cigars that land in there. You know, that, that I'm like, shit, yeah, that belongs there. You know, like uh, last year, the pledge prequel from EP Creel was on there. Right, from Vanessa Press Creel was on there. Smoked it. I'm like, God, that's a good fucking cigar. <laughs> I mean. I can see this being in the top 25. One, I don't know. Right? I guess I'll have to get it and read through it and, and look at what they did. I saw it on the shelf the other day. I didn't have a chance to thumb through it or get it, but um, I guess I'll have to look at it. But I, I, I just haven't spent much time over the last year during our pandemic, <laughs> a remodel, and everything that's going on, you know, that's crazy as all hell. But. I mean, I think it's really good for smaller companies, you know, like when, when Tobacco Lair Pachardo, Luciano, you know, or Crown Heads grabs something or even look, when I'm talking small companies, guys, like Tatuaje Cigars, okay? 
we're huge Tatois fans. Pete Johnson is a monster in this industry. He is still significantly smaller than Padron, my father, Altidus, General, Rocky Patel, Oliva. Are they in the top 25? Yeah. Well, Padron is. Padron, 1964. Oh, I was uh, Tatois, I think, I, I know I'd have to look. I haven't looked all over all 25 this year, but they're in there. Oliva's in there. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what general product makes it out to this, but that's where the top 25 doesn't matter, right? You know, so Padron hitting number one, that's not going to increase Padron sales, right? People smoke Padron. It's a name. You know it. If we sent the Cyclops in, um, what would that do for us or wouldn't do for us? Let's say we I sent it in it would and do... it's in the top 25 in that magazine. Would that be good for us or bad for us? I, I don't know. And, and I, I'm not saying this. It's not against our product. I love our product. I don't think it even makes it. Really? Yeah. I don't think it does. Right? Because I'm joking around when I say, like, we give them 10 grand. You know? Like, I... You don't know the internal workings. I mean, I don't have 10 grand to give to them. Right. No. <laughs> you know, we don't have 10 grand to give to them. Together, we know. Right? Not just to throw up and hope they make it number 26 in the third page. You know? Who You know? I, I don't know. But, but you know, you look been... at... You look at... I love ratings, right? And we we rate our we didn't necessarily do them one through ten or one through five when we did them, but we talk about the favorites through the year. Um, but there are that so within many our kind of core group and guys around town and what we're kind of yeah we're we're feeling like the, these were kind of some special cigars yeah. this year. Yeah, um, you know, there's so many publications that do them, and I I love when a company you know so um, we're gonna make company A gets six ratings and six magazines. And if they're in four of those magazines, they were like 19, 21, and 24. But in two of them, they were two and eight. Well, they're gonna take two and eight, and that's gonna go on all their all their advertisement and everything for the first two quarters of the year. Hell yeah, I hope it helps, right? But I think that sometimes these things get a little out of whack. I, I, they don't, are pay, out of whack. I don't pay attention to them. Like, like I always say, the bourbon industry mirrors the cigar industry it's like okay when they have the big california i think it's in san francisco right they do the big year-end reveal who yeah we've joked about this before i'm right okay so okay you're telling me that heaven hill has been through this for a couple um what i don't know how i don't know how many years they've been doing this they fucking know what the judges are looking for right so they spend that year getting ready, checking their barrels, and okay, McAllen. <clears throat> because we're like, how did McAllen be the best bourbon that year? I guarantee you. McKenna. Or McKenna. They, they have spent a lot of time going through that Rick house and finding what they feel like the judges <laughs> are looking for, the exact bottle. Believe me, it's not when you they say that was the bourbon of the year. You're going to get something that's going to taste close to that. Right. Well, that's like so again, that's a good a good difference between bourbon and cigars, right? So, when when a cigar hits on any rating, any rating you do, anytime you read about the cigar and how many cigars were smoked, it's between 3 and 5. So they they go through them. And that's where I do appreciate that. They don't just smoke it once and give it a score. They do smoke the cigar at different times a day, different days, different meals, whatever, and smoke it. When that thing gets gold at the San Francisco Wine or Wine and Spirits competition, 
you have a panel of X amount of people that sip it once or twice and give it a rating. I don't know. And I don't even know how then, judging even then, like you said, right? If we're craft imperial distillery and we're submitting our single barrel rye, dude, we're gonna go like a barrel pick. You're gonna go through everything till you find the one, and you're like, oh, dude, bottle it right now at that. That's the bottle that goes. Yeah. Then when it wins and you've got this demand for your product. Well, you take all the other barrels, you barrel it up, you label it the same way, you put it out, you put your cool little gold sticker on it, send it out in the mail. I think for me and you, and at least what we've been doing in the short time we've been doing this, which, short time, we always look for like a difference maker. Like, you know, we try 10 different bourbons and then all of a sudden we drink one and we're like, wow, that's memorable. Right? The right. Miami 15. Whoa, that is memorable. And I think those are the ones that we bring to the forefront. Like, you know, everybody by now knows we love Booker's, right? Out of the four we had this year, what's memorable? Well, this last one was kind of a standout. No stranger. The Boston Batch. Mm -hmm. uh, Pigskin. I mean, you know, those are the ones that you're remembering. And I mean, how much easier can, when you're looking at stuff, get? I mean, it's kind of like that. Yeah. It's actually... It's harder to rate something that's not that memorable. And, and I'm not even talking about rating, but talking about the differentiality about well, to, some of the cigars that we To remember at and, and talk about something that's not memorable, right? That's difficult. That's hard to do. But You're that's another another difference between <laughs> between cigars and whiskey, right? When whiskey only comes in a certain couple types of shapes and sizes and bottles, right? Cigars? Dude, I mean, for example, let's take the, the Miami 15, right? I smoked the Miami 15 when I was talking to Pete. I smoked a Solomon of it, right? Seven and a half by, it was uh, 52 to 58 to 52, right? And I thought the cigar, would, it was it's really good when I'm burning it. Really, really good. After about four or five inches, I'm like, man, this thing just, it doesn't, it's too, there's too much there, right? And I even told you that when we were at Lit doing the podcast and they had the 15s in there, the Bellicosos. I'm like, ah, nah, nah, nah. Then you lit into it and you were like, holy shit. So I bought one and you bought the other, the rest of the box. Sorry. And it was like, it was like, <laughs> holy shit, dude. Like, okay. Your, 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 your thought on one size of, you singled, you, you singled yourself in on one size of something and wanted to rate that as every option available to you for that blend. You well, can't do that with whiskey. Whiskey comes in, it's, one fucking thing, right? It's one thing. Now, I know you can get 750s, 1.5s, gallons of certain stuff, right? Sure, whatever. But that's not what's being tasted. That's not what's being passed around. It's none of that. Yeah, I get you. Um, I guess what I would say to that, too, is like, so I'm a big, if you listen to us regularly, you know I'm a big Olivia V-Series I like that Maduro Especial. So I went out to um, my guy and I, and I got a box. He was out of the 660s and I bought the Toros and really enjoyed the hell out of them. But I also think too that like there's a size like a Toro is good for me some nights. I think it may even have a little more flavor in the Toro, the 660, but depending on what I'm gonna do that afternoon, the 660 works into my day a little bit better than a Toro, and I think a lot of that, uh, a lot of that has to play too. But that's different sizes. I think the big thing to, to take away from it is to be open-minded about it and not be so 
stuck in a rut that this is my gig and that's what I'm going to stick to. I get it, but be a little open-minded about trying some different sizes too because like our hooligan, we ended up having a little buffu and we got like an inch and a half longer a super toro of our hooligan and when i smoked it we were like hey we got these they mistakenly sent these to us and they were absolutely fabulous and i'm like man there's no way we can walk away from this we have to add this to our line and somewhere down the line you know the cyclops you know maybe we go back and um we bring the cyclops back and a little different size. I mean, I've really come to appreciate the different sizes. Actually, like right now, I just lit up a Lancero that we're wanting to uh, look at for our line. And um, so I guess the gist of it is to be open-minded about trying some differences uh, sizes. I was saying just being open-minded to try different sizes. I was talking about the, uh, the Olivia V-Series, the Maduro Special. They didn't have the 660 while I was there, but I did the Toro. Yeah. I thought maybe had a little a little better bang, a little more flavor in that Toro than the 660, but yet that 660 suits me well for whatever the conditions and what I want to do that day. If I want the bigger bigger blog with me and it's a windy day or whatever, that's a better cigar, whatever. And um, so anyway, I was just saying be open-minded and try some different sizes. And I, for example, the Cyclops, that might be interesting to bring that back in a different size too, a Bellicoso, or a different size that may be unique and, 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 and may taste completely different. I completely agree. I think fantastic. that, uh, huh? Fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. All right, guys, so we're going to do that point. We're going to hit you with our ad from Stone Tribe. Um, make sure if you can, download these songs and donate to uh, Cerebral Palsy. Uh, from the Viking, mahalo, guys. Thank you so much. We're going to fire up a cigar and hang out a little bit before I roll out to the old shop. And then um, let the Bourbon Cowboy take us out, and I'll hit you with the ads. We'll take you out with some Stone Tribe music. Right on, man. Well, listen, as always, thanks for listening. And uh, enjoy your upcoming weekend, man. Maybe a little snow on the grassy this Saturday. Maybe. My family's coming in for a belated Christmas. And, oh, I'm uh, getting older. Yes, you yeah, are. My, my birthday is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. What are you, 30? Two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. we got that to look forward to. That should be a great day uh, for the Vikings' birthday. But anyway, as always, thanks for listening. This is the Bourbon Cowboy Man. Enjoy your weekend, maybe a little white stuff, and have a good one. We're out. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone Tribe merch.